Hey, as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Potomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. One of our top young leaders for McAllen doing the pivot thing from the McAllen Airport to a new office. We welcome to the program Daniela Plata, who will be director for the new International Relations Department for the city of McAllen. Well, congratulations, Ms. Plata. Happy New Year as well. So let's talk about the previous work that you did at the McAllen International Airport that I think complements what you're trying to do at the new International Relations Department. Tell me about all the work that you did in trying to bring more international flights to McAllen Airport. Good morning, Sergio. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Um, Happy New Year to you, too. It's been a great journey with the airport. Um, Part of my job over there was to uh, develop and implement strategies to amplify our service uh, in different markets, in this case, Mexico. Uh, that was a, a successful, we, we came across with uh, successful partnerships, uh, bringing service to Guadalajara, uh, Puerto Vallarta, of course, uh, sustaining Mexico City and Monterrey, and uh, also directing the cultural programming at the airport, um, promoting our air service, but in a unique way, and integrating uh, cultural elements that um, really added that particularity to our earth service development uh, strategy. But also we wanted to make a great travel experience for our visitors. So that was part of uh, some of the things that I contributed at my time at the airport. And now very excited for this new chapter. Yeah. And so tell us about this new office, this international relations office for the city of McAllen, which I, I suspect you'll probably be using some of the contacts that you made with the airlines and government officials in Mexico to help complement the, the, the work. So what's the vision for this new office at McAllen? Absolutely. Well, the city of McAllen leadership has um, an extraordinary vision and has been very innovative in terms of dedicating assets to um, to serve the international community and the stakeholders this department, uh, it's aimed to elevate the city of McAllen's global presence and, again, developing and implementing strategic programs to promote to promote cultural, educational, social, and business relations. Uh, of course, we have developed already uh, several good relationships with, with Mexico particularly, but we're looking forward to, to penetrate other markets in Latin America, and that's part of what we're going to be working on. Uh, this department will create and, and foster and build long-lasting relationships. That's the spirit of McAllen, always building successful and long-lasting uh, friendships with our friends in Mexico. And part of what we're going to be doing is managing the Sister City program. That's a very successful program that we have, uh, you know, uh, developed over the years. The city of McAllen has done a great job in, in 
formalizing relationships with counterparts in Mexico. And this is just a continuation to that great job that, that the city has been doing. She's director of the new office in McAllen called the International Relations Department. Daniela Plata, our guest. And Ms. Plata, Tim Sullivan here. Talk more about uh, something you just mentioned. Um, you're not only going to be dealing with Mexico. Uh, you mentioned a number of other countries in the region. What countries do you plan to have contact with uh, with, with respect to your role? Good morning, Tim. Well, you know, we already have great relationships with Central America since we are hosting uh, consulates in McAllen. We have Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador, and we have worked with them developing strategies to highlight the importance of um, the cultural aspects and ties that we have with Central America as well and business ties. We have worked with them in initiatives such as uh, Hispanic Heritage Month, where uh, all the consulates came together to uh, propose cultural aspects uh, in, in exhibits and just strategies that can, you know, open the door to open opportunities for to better opportunities for, for those countries. And um, I will say that we're going to start working with our consulates. Uh, that's the, the part of the agenda that we have. And obviously, uh, we're working to uh, visit other ones in Latin America as well, um, but we will keep you posted on those on those uh, activities that we will be developing with this new department. Yeah, go back to the beginning. Uh, even in your role at the McAllen International Airport, how did you and and uh, you know other uh, members of the city uh, with regards to this role? How did you go about approaching those countries with with the plans in hand to promote business, education, and cultural relations, and and what was uh, their initial response? Well, you know, again, the city of McAllen has a long uh, history of making great relationships with uh, with other countries. Um, we are, you know, creating this uh, public diplomacy initiatives that we call. Mm -hmm. uh, that's you know the people proposing. Uh, new initiatives to consulates, and they're open. Uh, all the consulates that we are hosting in McAllen have been great, uh, very receptive to these new proposals. We uh, invite them to be part of all these initiatives. This is actually, uh, 2023 was the third year that we uh, had this initiative of having Hispanic Heritage Month together and celebrating our roots and bringing the consulates in. So they're pretty open, receptive, and we are grateful for those great relationships that we have. We have open communication with with all the consulates that are located in McAllen. So they they were pretty positive about this, and obviously excited for the next steps. We're talking about promoting uh, investment opportunities, Excellent. educational programs, and exchanges. Mm -hmm. Investment opportunities. Uh, expand on that if you could, just uh, briefly. It's interesting. How can we uh, build, you know, trade missions to all these countries? That's part of what we are going to be working on uh, under city manager's direction, of course. And this is something that it's, you know, the city of McAllen participated in one uh, probably two or three years ago to El Salvador. But we have other opportunities with with uh, Guatemala, for example. That's that's part of what we're going to be discussing in in the future. 
and we're excited to what else can we do to to have a uh, you know international understanding of the relationships that we can build when it comes to favoring uh, economy, education, uh, innovation, and technology. It seems that on the business side and tourism, that might be the easy opportunities, try to promote that, maybe cash in on something like that, is the plan to do so through more sister city agreements. And, and this time with with Central America, for example, or South America, some of the top names that that you encounter. From, Perhaps. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Perhaps that's uh, actually we have been promoting tourism in this exhibit. It's part of what we do every year, uh, trying to bring uh, other options. Of course, uh, at my time at, at, the, at the airport, uh, trying to tie that air service uh, option. Right. So it was um, an interesting strategy. We will continue expanding on that. It's already uh, a good initiative to promote tourism and um, uh, culture and other aspects that are important yeah. for building successful partnerships. Do you receive a marketing budget for your department or do you kind of fold into the marketing efforts by the city, you know, to sell us to Monterrey more often, <laughs> northern Mexico, you know, try to get the fresitas over here to come and spend some money <laughs> at, at the mall, you know? Yeah, well, you know, we're still looking into those details. Yes, I will have uh, a, a budget for that and still working. You know, I'm still serving um, the uh, inter- McAllen International Airport. So okay. these efforts will be, you know, collective efforts. And we will definitely be looking forward to bring more uh, Mexican nationals to, to McAllen and cross-promote our region as well in Mexico and all their markets. Well, best of luck to you in 2024. Thank you for giving us a couple of minutes this morning. Daniela Plata, the the director for the International Relations Department for the City of McAllen. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710 KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710 KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. Roy Rodriguez, our city manager for the city of McAllen. Happy New Year, Roy. Thank you for joining us. Let's look at some of the basic data for the city. Let's start with sales. Of course, McAllen being the largest retail market for the area. What was the general trend for 23? The trend was great, uh, Sergio. You know, all of us were uh, being very cautious uh, getting out of the pandemic. We we obviously did very well uh, in 21. Uh, so you have to be cautious and make sure you you had your, your foot ready to tap the brake. But... Uh, we still did 4% uh, increase year over year, 
And when you when you think about how much money uh, that is for us, the revenue and sales tax, that's almost a four million dollar increase. We topped a total of ninety million dollars of uh, revenue uh, from uh, sales tax revenue. So we're really happy. Uh, we were very close to budget. Uh, we were very conservative. We we budgeted about two and a half percent increase. We got to four. So it's looking real good for our community. Ten four, and it's good to hear that at four percent. The retail activity slightly ahead of the national figure for inflation, which which is good. How much does McAllen have in reserves right now? Oh gosh, you know, uh, most people only talk about general fund, and which is you know it's, it's typical uh, because that's that's the operations of the city, the core operations. In the general fund, we've got over seventy million dollars, uh, uh-huh. but we have so many funds that here we have a hundred funds. Uh, and that's because, you know, we own two international bridges, the airport, convention center, and so on, uh, the golf course. So, you know, we have a very, very healthy uh, $300 million-plus fund balance. Roy Rodriguez, our city manager for McAllen, joining us on the morning news. And Mr. Rodriguez, Tim Sullivan here, and looking to 2024, uh, let me ask you, uh, where do things stand on, on two projects in particular, the proposed Bowie Reservoir development and the Zoho uh, Green Jay Park uh, development there? Well, those are two, two projects that are very exciting and that we're, we're very happy about. Um, I, I can tell you less about the uh, reservoir project because we're still in negotiations on what that's going to look like. But I will tell you that the, the city commission has been very engaged probably the last 18 months or so on that project, and we're moving ahead. We've got the green light for design work, and obviously once we, we produce a design, we'll have to show the community what that is. Um, uh, but until then, these negotiations will take a little while, but we're very excited. I think it's going to be something that the community is going to be very proud of, and it's going to be a real attraction. Uh, we want to make it to where this is a multi-use area. Uh, we want it to be walkable. Uh, we want it to have both high-end retail and eateries, as well as uh, a common area uh, for the entire Rio Grande Valley to enjoy. So we can't wait to uh, to share that with the Rio Grande Valley. And then Zoho. Uh, as you know, we were waiting for FEMA to approve uh, what our engineers submitted uh, for drainage yes, uh, because, yes. it's, because it is close to the floodway. That has been approved by FEMA, so they've given us the green light to not only complete the design but start turning dirt. And so I anticipate that uh, that turning of dirt will happen in the next few months. And and I'm and I'm going to tell you that we're still working to try to uh, continue to be able to use that property for the public, and and it's going to include a trail. Uh, we haven't, um, you know, um, completely figured out how it, how it's going to be configured, but it's very important to the city commission and management that we include a a public space around that property. So we're working towards that. Yeah, more specifically, are there plans to, you know, keep a, a disc golf course in that area, mm-hmm. or do you plan to move it to another uh, green space in McAllen? Yeah, no, so we're not going to have a disc golf course there. Uh, it just takes too much land to do that. Uh, 
and so we just finished the update to the parks master plan. And what that does is that it, it, it uh, creates a lot of information that we gather from the public. Uh, our consultant went out and, uh, and surveyed the, the community. And so we're going to follow um, those priorities that the community indicated they needed. And so if this golf continues to be popular and increases in popularity, you can bet that we're going to be looking for property uh, to do that. And so, you know, we're we're very proud of the fact that we listen to the community. Um, you know, we're always thinking of our residents first when we put a budget together. Sometimes, you know, it seems that um, that we don't agree on certain things. We're not going to agree on everything, but we're always listening. Uh, one of the things that we're most proud of this year is that for the second year in a row, we lowered the property tax rate. We knew people uh, are hurting as we all are and and it was significant it was it was more than was required by the state uh, without going to the uh, community for a vote and so between the two years it was almost a five cent decrease which is almost ten percent decrease in the tax rate so we're going to continue to do those kinds of things for the okay community. Roy Rodriguez our city manager for McAllen looking at 2023 economic year in review and as we did for many years, Roy kept pestering leadership at Brownsville, uh, often conversation, when is SpaceX arriving? When is SpaceX arriving? And, of course, the LNG, when is final decision arriving? When is final decision arriving? Look, I'm not going to – it's the best-kept secret in the area, this transformative industry coming to the area. I'll try to use as generic language as possible. I call it the big project. I think we probably need to name it. That way I just don't have to explain myself next time. I call it like Project Hercules or something like that. It's a transformative – uh, industry coming to the area. My question, are we still in the running? Because we're hoping to hear good news this year or maybe next year for that. Yes, we are. Um, you know, we continue to have uh, conference calls with, with that company. And, and we're talking about calls with the top guy, the good. owner of the company, the CEO. And uh, a decision is going to be made here soon. I would say in the next 90 to 120 days, uh, we're counting on the state of Texas and the governor's office to help us uh, get that company here, uh, that's going to be the deciding factor. Okay. And so if that happens, we feel very good that that company is going to uh, come here because they want to come here. It's down to two cities, and they want to be in McAllen. They want to be in the Rio Grande Valley. And so it's our job to ensure that that happens. Well, I'm glad you said this. So we got the governor on the radio show later this morning. We'll bend his arm a little bit on that one, see if he can help us out. On construction numbers for 2023, how did the city do, up or down, on construction numbers? We did very well. You know, again, the, the whole region is doing well, and, and we we need that. We need all of the cities around us to do well. We we were in the plus some $400 million of construction, and it showed in the valuation. And that certainly had something to do with us trying to push that tax rate down because as values go up, taxes go up. And so it's our job to try to balance that. Uh, we've never raised taxes in my tenure as city manager, and we've, we've lowered it three times. So that's going to continue to be our focus. If construction continues as it has, the public should expect us to continue with that trend. It would be nice to see more efforts on industrial, commercial square footage in the area, prospecting space. That way we can catch some of that industry that's coming back from from Asia, from overseas, uh, reshoring, 
instead of going to San Antonio and Houston, it'd be nice to see more folks prospecting in the area. Mr. Spommer said that uh, he's expecting more of his colleagues to do that near future, and we hope to see that here in the area, McAllen, Edinburgh, Mission area. It'd be nice to see some of that industry arrive here and um, maybe City Hall and permitting, uh, greasing the skids to make that possible. What do you say? Oh, absolutely. Uh, coincidentally, Joaquin Spammer was in my office yesterday. Uh, he is a great partner to the city of McAllen and, and City Hall, as are other developers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Spammer is, um, is very forward-thinking. Uh, that's the kind of developer that we want here in the Rio Grande Valley. And in part, you know, it's folks like him and others that, um, that got us to purchase the, the land north of McAllen. You know, that was the, the deciding factor is that we're running out of space and we made a bold move in, in purchasing 1,300 acres. Right. Uh, that's going to be the future of, of uh, manufacturing, we hope, around uh, Moorefield uh, Air Base. And, uh, and that's what we do. You know, we look at projects of 10, 20, and even 30 years from now. That's going to be a project that's going to take a while. But uh, developers like Spammer need that kind of space. So it's, Good to hear. Again, it's our job to be looking forward to that. Continued success in 2024. Roy, thank you so much for being a phone call away. Roy Rodriguez, our city manager for McAllen. Station News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Project manager extraordinaire Letty Pantoja. And she, by the way, before she made it on the radio, spoke with radio producer extraordinaire Freddie Cruz. So how did it feel, Letty? How did it feel you and Fred talking with each other, being that you're so extraordinary, both of y'all? How was that experience? We have these super talented individuals <laughs> talking with each other. Happy New Year, Letty! Thanks and for good doing. morning, Sergio. Happy New Year! Thank you for having me, and it felt good. Fred yeah. was awesome. Yeah, that's it's very few people reach that level of excellence. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about this new program that the Economic Development Office is, is launching here pretty soon to, to help some small businesses. I guess. Flip, transform, improve the facade, the, the, the campus. So what's the program all about? How's it going to work? Yeah, of course. So the, we're excited to launch this uh, facade and law improvement program, which we're calling FLIP for short, by the way. So um, it'll, be, it'll go live on Monday, January 8th, starting um, at 8 a.m. We can start beginning accepting applications. But what it is essentially is a, a grant uh, program for our Edinburgh small businesses to apply and and uh, beautify their business, and that can be anything from, you know, a new door or construction of an outdoor patio or the parking lot as well, uh, awnings and, and anything to beautify the exterior of the business, and right. that is uh, up to ten thousand dollars in in grants. 
Economic Development Office in Edinburgh has allocated how much money for this program? Yes. So the EDC board allocated $400,000 for this fiscal year. So um, that guarantees that we at least will help 40 businesses, right, assuming they each receive the 10000 But, you know, if, if, if a project doesn't need the 10000 then we can we can help more okay. businesses. Obviously, to be eligible, your business needs to be within the city limit. So tell me about the other yeah. uh, things that will help yeah. folks qualify. Yeah. So they, they do, like you mentioned, they do need to be within Edinburgh city limit. They need to have fewer than 20 employees as well. Uh, of course, the business needs to be currently operating and locally owned. And they need to be current on all property tax payments um, and, no, and also have no outstanding code enforcement violations or liens with okay. the city of Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much the, the criteria. All right. Uh, would any business in San Carlos qualify or do we don't want you know, San Carlos as part so of So they, they would have to be uh, within the city limits of Edinburgh, and I believe the businesses out there are not within the See, there you go, Freddie. There you go. See, that was a dig at my producer, Freddie, because he lives in San Carlos. He's, you're outside the city limits, Freddie. You don't live in Edinburgh, man. Yeah, all right. And uh, the eligible expenses, what can you spend the money on if you do win that $10,000 gift? Yeah, yeah. So if you do uh, or if you're awarded you could do anything from uh, an outdoor patio you can paint your building you can do uh, maybe install permanent landscaping a new door new windows any awnings um, as well as the parking lot you can do resurfacing of the parking lot and um, signage as well so that's that's a big one uh, repair, removal, or replacement of old signage. And then the last thing would be uh, roof repairs that are part of the, the building. Yeah, usually when you know, some of these places that open up, sometimes they belong to chains or, or franchises. There might be a way for them to improve. But this is for local business owners. Uh, folks, Correct. Yeah. Yes. Do, how about... The idea is to... Do they, need to be a certain, do they need to be a certain size, like a limit on the employee number that they have or yes so you actually need to have uh fewer than than 20 to apply but um so just these businesses will be evaluated based on a criteria a scoring criteria so essentially the you know depending on how many full-time employees how many part-time employees and how many years you've been in business you know that that'll help your your strengthen your application. Yeah. Sorry, Chuy, we need to let you go. You're the twenty first twenty first employee that we have. We need we need to get down to twenty <laughs> to see if we qualify for for this grant. Again, the Edinburgh. I'm kidding. Uh, the Edinburgh Economic Development Office uh, starting Monday. Uh, that's when you start taking applications, yes. right? For this this award, uh, forty small businesses in the area uh, will be awarded up to ten thousand dollars for improvements to facade. And to the to the lot to the like the parking lot or their the, the property. Correct. How do they apply? Yes. So starting Monday, you can businesses can visit our website. So it's www.edinburghedc.com. So once you're on the website, uh, you'll see a pop up that'll say facade and lot improvement program application now open. You click the button, and it'll take you to the web page that basically has everything we just discussed, the program, the criteria, the right. requirements that you need, the process, and then you'll have the the apply now button. And you click on that and you start your 
application. From the Economic Development Office in the City of Edinburgh, Project Manager Extraordinaire, Leti Pantoka, <laughs> continued success in 2024. We're hoping to hear some good things from the EDC office from you and, and Rowdy Rowdy. So that got us out there. Thank you, Leti. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Bankrate.com saying that nearly one in four Americans are hiding financial secrets from their significant other. Natalie Gregg is an expert on healthy marriages. Natalie, Happy New Year. Thank you for giving us some time today. Uh, Let me expand a bit more. Uh, Studies have said that millennials are more likely, about 57%, that's crazy, almost 6 in 10 uh, of the millennials might be doing this, about half of Gen Xers. Closer to half might be doing this, and closer to about one third of baby boomers might be doing something like this. If you can't trust your significant other with money, if you need a separate bank account, or you guys can't agree on having one bank account, I, I think that's 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 the probably the biggest red flag. I don't think you guys should be together. That's just my opinion. What do you say, Natalie? I, I agree, and I think everyone's finances are different, so the red flags kind of look like yellow flags uh, on some people um, or orange on others, but when you're private about your finances and defensive and you're unwilling to share and be transparent, I think that's always going to be a problem in any relationship. Money, right, or lack thereof or disagreements about money, that's the number one, one, number one reason why relations is relationships blow up, right? Well, especially, yes, especially, you know, monogamous, committed relationships, such as marriage and then domestic partnerships. Yeah, that's that's the biggest conflict I find in, in my practice. I'm, I'm actually a divorce attorney of 20 years. Mm-hmm. Well, if you had a chance to be a marriage counselor, learning or taking experience and knowledge from being a divorce attorney, what would you recommend to young couples that are about to get hitched? Well, I think transparency is everything and communication is everything. And so if you communicate your healthy boundaries about here's what our budget word, you know, the budget word is kind of a difficult concept for some of us, but here's what our budget is. Here are expectations for the future. Um, Here's, you know, kind of what I'm dealing with and and what do we want um, together? Um, I think that is going to be the best start of a relationship to set it it up for success. And then if there are problems happening, I think to just address them head on and, you know, talk, talk to each other about 
what is it? Why are you hiding this money? And um, what can we do to, to make it feel better in, in a more transparent way to fix that? I happen to know uh, one pretty close friend who, who does have, uh, he and his spouse, they have um, separate bank accounts. And that, I just shake my head, I, I just, in disbelief, I, I can't even imagine uh, that scenario. What And I think, I mean, I like to think they're okay, you know, plowing forward. I, I don't know if maybe it's just in their scenario, but I, I, I don't know what to make of that situation where... <laughs> They seem to be okay, but they have several bank accounts, and they, they seem to be okay with it. I, Because I, I think, to me, that that's probably the leading indicator of how things are about to go awry sometime in the future. Well, I, I think you can have separate bank accounts so long as you have a joint account that you share together where you discuss the joint finances and what you're going to do um, to contribute to the household. Because when you have a... A household together, I think there's an expectation um, that you're going to equally contribute or contribute, you know, in a way that is reasonable. Um, and so if, if those are separate, so long as they're communicating about them and they potentially have a, a joint account where they can both pool their money and decide where it goes together, I think that's the healthier approach. Family law attorney, divorce attorney, Natalie Gregg joining us. Have you seen situations where you know, clients, potential clients that come to you and eventually they're able to resolve their financial disputes and call off the divorce. Yes. And those are actually very fortunate situations. I, I, I love love and I believe that relationships should, should happen. And I, I think marriages, if they're healthy and, you know, we're having communication, um, I think they're great. And so if you can take some steps, to be open about how you spend your money, um, you know, disclosing debts and um, just being more honest and open, even if it makes you vulnerable and, and a little scared, I think in the long run, it's going to be the healthiest way to proceed in a marriage or a committed relationship. You're still in practice, right, Natalie? You're, you're still ta- taking on clients, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Have you seen an uptick because of the economic stresses, uh, hyperinflation, well, not hyperinflation, but just bad inflation the past couple of years in situations where people are just over leveraged, they're still buying, they haven't disciplined. Have you seen an increase in clientele as a divorce attorney as a result of the economic situation? Absolutely. Um, You know, during COVID, we actually thought that we were going to be out of business because uh, people were going to hunker down and, and just kind of stick together and keep their finances um, and their personal lives together. But what has happened is everyone's kind of, uh, they got stuck in, you know, together in a, in their homes. Um, and then after COVID, everyone's kind of on a, a spending spree. Um, they're excited about the economy, you know, excited about traveling and all travel and, and um, you know, going out is, is just back to pre-pandemic levels. However, spending and credit use is is exponentially higher than 2020. So um, we see a lot of very leveraged clients. Um, and then a lot of times they don't find out until they're in the middle of the, you know, the divorce process. Yeah. All the um, spending that, that took place. And they always said, uh, I heard a lot of reports that said 
that during the holiday season, Christmas and end of year, that the end of relationships, you see an uptick of that. People just calling it quits at the end of the year. Was your phone ringing off the hook in December as well as a result of that? Unfortunately, yes. Um, we we call it the white knuckle effect. Typically, you know, you can white knuckle it through the holidays. Um, and then we have the phone typically rings the first week of January is out of control. Um, this year, we, uh, <laughs> despite our, our physical office being closed, we, we received a lot of new clients um, because of, you know, issues that happened over the holidays. I'm sure spending had something to do with it and hiding finances always does. Natalie, happy 2024, and I would wish you success and more business, but that that would not be a good thing, seeing more divorces. So I just I hope for, for a healthy new year for you, Natalie, you and your, your crew. How about a healthy year in 2024? And it, it, so enough much. business enough business to pay the bills. How about that? All right? Thank you, Natalie. Appreciate you. Fair enough. Yeah. A family <laughs> law attorney, divorce attorney, Natalie Gregg. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Business news of the morning. Global energy developers BP and a company called Equinor announced this week that they were canceling the contract for some massive wind project scheduled to be offshore, up northeast, off, offshore from New York. And it was time to spin up at the White House. They said that the now-canceled project was proof that Bidenomics was working. I don't know exactly how that happened, but let me bring in from Tarleton State University and say Happy New Year, our online friend, Dr. Nathaniel Cogley. Happy New Year, Dr. Nate. How was your Christmas? How was New Year for you? Hey, I had a great Christmas, New Year with the kids here in wonderful small town Texas. Awesome. So I missed this headline on the White House spinning Bidenomics as a success as a result of this this project that they deep sixed up northeast. So what did they say? What did you hear? Yeah, they're they're saying you know um, so the Inflation Reduction Act, which was signature legislation for President Biden, actually creates a thirty percent subsidy on offshore wind generation. Um, in 2010, the U.S. Energy Information Agency that said that offshore wind power is the most expensive energy generating technology being considered. So leave it to a democratic administration and some democratically controlled states to go, uh, the most expensive version, let's pursue that with <laughs> government mandates and subsidies. Uh-huh. You know, And so here we are, this massive project was sold to the the people of New York as being cost efficient, a renewable energy, 
creating union jobs. But of course, it's not going to come in budget or on time. This is going to be over budget and over time. And so Equinor pulling out, they're citing inflation, they're citing interest rates and supply chain disruption, saying yeah. they can't commit to their original deal. They need a better deal. And so this is part of a salvo of, of, of renegotiating those deals. But yeah, this is Bidenomics. This is centralized controlled planning. This is inefficient. This is the government creating through subsidies um, products that the free market itself won't generate. And maybe it's one thing if a state wants to try some cost inefficient form of energy, that's fine. But the problem is this is being funded through subsidies through the federal government, which yeah. means that all of us, even here in Texas, pay for this through inflation at the grocery store. The fact that that project was canceled, I think, is is damning for Bidenomics. And when they're specifically referencing, still to this date, supply chain issues and, of course, inflation, which should never have happened the way it did. I know everything, like a big train, you stop the engine and all the cars behind it, you know, there's the, the ripple effect. But it, it should not have happened that way. Of course, interest rates are an issue because of reaction to all these economic forces at play. Uh, I, I, I think, well, this is shoulda, woulda, coulda now. But I've been saying and criticizing the Biden White House for the longest time and his minions who did not properly react to supply chain issues from the beginning. I think it should have been referred to as a national emergency with ships offshore Dozens and dozens and dozens of ships offshore waiting to unload stuff to market. First of all, the money issue, that should not have taken place. I just want to get your thoughts on this. All this, our grandkids and great-grandkids' money, all this debt that settled on them, all this extra money in the market should not have happened. And of course, the supply chain, the supply chain issues that should have been handled differently as a national emergency to distribute everything to market. I, I think we could have avoided a lot of pain had that been done. You know, shoulda, woulda, coulda like two, almost three years ago. Yeah, uh, you know, things are not running efficiently. You know, we're in a kind of this bizarro world where we're told that a $1.7 trillion deficit is moderate. <laughs> There's nothing moderate Jeez. about a $1.7 trillion deficit. And, and if you actually say, well, let's cut the budget deficit in half, you know, and let's do like a, a 0.8 trillion budget deficit. They call you a radical extremist. <laughs> well, there's nothing even there's nothing even conservative about a 0.8 trillion dollar deficit. You know, we're in this bizarre world where moderate, uh, you know, something that's moderate is called extreme, and something that extreme is called moderate. Yeah. You know, so uh, you know, it's a narrative framing. We're kind of on to the idea of. Uh, you know, these, these propaganda narratives kind of forming the way we discuss these issues and the way we use words and the way we discuss things. So, um, yeah, American standard of living continues to decline through inflation and through overspending by the federal government. Your government is not free. You pay for it through taxes or you pay for it through inflation at the grocery store. From your perspective, a professor in poli-sci, you and colleagues there at Tarleton State University, normally you would... You would have classrooms full of, I would think, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, optimistic young people, very positive about the future. But I'm reading reports this week that this generation, this young generation, they're not too optimistic about the future, much less the political system. So from, from your perspective, as you get to speak to, <laughs> I lovingly refer to them as mushheads. All these people, they're, they're still forming and firming up <laughs> the gray matter between their ears. From your your perspective, speaking with them, why is it that they're so sour on on everything in our nation, especially when it comes to politics? 
Yeah, I have seen a shift in in young people. A lot of uh, several years ago, they were kind of coming into class early on, embracing kind of the TV talking points and the the narrative. And and now there is kind of this cynicism growing in the younger population. We see some of their um, leanings shifting. You know, one, one thing that I try to avoid in an intro class talking too much about Trump and Biden because it's just a I just try to teach the basics of the constitution and how we follow some of it and don't follow other parts of it. But uh, a lot of students are really turned off by Biden's age. <laughs> they feel like he's way too old for the job. They feel very cynical about um those in power. Um uh being you know too too elderly and and not effective in their work and there is a bit of um, cynicism amongst this generation. The internet has, has created a nice um, information window, especially with uh, Twitter being freed up by Elon the way it is. That true Texan Elon Musk, you know, <laughs> freeing up Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, a lot of there's 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 more information for this generation, uh, more more counter narratives available to them. And uh, I think their cynicism is warranted. Yeah, which is, it's not going to help our bullpen, in my opinion. When it comes to politics, the bullpen, local politics, city hall, county, state rep, all those places, folks, school board, all those seats that need to be filled by younger folks, young professionals, new ideas, get in there and and provide some proper management of the local institutions. I, I, I don't think that. That bodes well for for the future because, yeah, everybody talks about the sexy stuff, the, the national presidential stuff, but it's a local politics that matter most. All politics local and most important, in my opinion. Just want to give you a final thought. Well, I just I like people being cynical. You know, the closer I've gotten to government, the more cynical I become. And I started cynical, and I become more cynical. So, having these young people be a little bit cynical about government intervention and the ability of government to deliver value. Uh, is a good thing. Um, we want their principles to be right about freedom and the free market. And uh, then they can serve and maybe give us what we need, which is a limited government that yes, actually um, creates a, a positive environment yes, for us to be free people and yeah. not over be overburdensome on us. Great point. Continued success in 2024, Dr. Cogley. Always appreciate your time. Thank you, Sergio. From Tarleton State University, Associate Professor in Poli-Sci is Dr. Nathaniel Cogley. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk 710KURV. Discover our Facebook page, 710KURV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is sergio at kurv.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.